I'm Dorianne Wheel. Welcome to Thrive with Dr. D. Good morning, everybody. It's great to be back here with you, and I'm excited to introduce you to Colin Hall, my very special guest, longtime friend. You may remember Colin when he was with World True and Chairman of Woolworths a number of years ago, but he's been in corporate life ever since in a different capacity. He, at the time, decided to go into the intervention and training of corporate members, and he was awarded the Stephen Covey franchise initially, and you would remember the very, very well-known book, the bestseller, The Seven Habits of Highly Effective People, that Colin really uh, integrated and trained for a number of years. He then found that he thought that there was a different kind of take, a different side to effectiveness that for him became more center stage and much more important. It wasn't just about being effective. It was about increasing energy and being energetic as much more of a connection and of a relationship to overall success. And Colin, you developed your intervention program, all to do with positive human energy, a number of years ago. And you've been working with corporates, imparting that knowledge and developing them personally and in their teams ever since. Can you tell us a little bit about that? Wow, it's 25 years, more, 26 or 27 years. And it was, a, it was an amazing experience for me. I, was, I can't remember what day it happened in my life, but I was about 45. I've had a very successful corporate career. I was still successful, I think. And then suddenly I realized, it hit me like a brick, that when my energy was high, I was fantastic. I could almost fly. <laughs> but when my energy slumped, so did my performance. And at first it was about work. Was a sort of work-related observation. But then I began to realize that it's not just about work. It's about every single thing that humans do. And whether we dance or sing or golf or drive or feed the children or whatever, we do it better if our energy is high. So I began to be fascinated by my own energy for a while. And then I eventually realized that it was too good not to share. So, so that's how it really developed and you started seeing and developing and teaching uh, the importance of the relationship between energy and success. So I'm very interested in the fact that you feel that you can influence your energy levels because most people would just say, well, I feel energetic today. Maybe things are going quite well. I'm having a good day especially during this challenging time that we're living in and other people and people would say low energy today I'm just low that is how it is but your whole design is based on the capacity of human beings to influence their energy levels oh absolutely and I was inspired by a line from Oscar Wilde who wrote to live is the rarest thing in the world most people just exist and in my journey what I observed was a few people who, few, about 27 people I counted up who every time I even thought about that, my energy went up. And it was because their energy was always so bubbly. And so I became fascinated by how they kept their energy positive. And it became a study and it became a, a pleasure to share. So 
what happens when you suggest to people or you ask them the question, is it true that your energy has a profound impact on your outcomes? They say, yes. Is it true that when your energy goes down, things go down? They say, yes. <laughs> is it true that energy is infectious? Yes. Then they say, how? How do I charge my battery? We like to use that metaphor because it's quite simple. It's a car battery. If you say to yourself, I can't charge it because it's flat, then you're stuck. So that's what we've, that's the challenge that we offer people is don't give up. Learn how to charge your own battery. And then live fully. Okay, it sounds kind of, it rolls off the tongue sort of. <laughs> you know, just kind of, you know, charge your batteries, be energetic, be successful, be contagious. People will warm to you. They'll like you. And instead of just existing, you will live. Now, I think that you're saying that that is all true. Other people also say it's true. The whole thing is the how, because the common perception really is that there are different personality types. There's some that are more bubbly. There's some that are usually smiling, what you might call energetic, you know, in a good place. That energy is contagious. And the others who are just not like that. I'm interested in the capacity to influence our own energy levels and charge batteries. I think that you hit the nail right on the head when you say that everybody's different. So we start off by accepting that everybody is unique. And so what makes you, your energy go up will be definitely different to what makes mine. And then the third person or the fourth person or the fifth person will laugh and say, oh my God, I wouldn't like to do that. So it's a journey of discovering those things that you like doing most and those things that are most important and all the things that can charge your battery. And that's the journey we take people on. So the first step is to say, you know what? You can charge your battery. Do you know what? You should charge your battery. Do you know what? It's only you that can charge your own battery. And then they keep holding back the how. And then when we get to the how, it's a question of saying, well, here are some tools that you can use that will help you design your specific, unique mechanism for keeping yourself fully alive, for keeping your battery charged. So, Colin, this is extremely timeless now because we are going through a time of real uncertainty. People are saying, look, it's not even what does the future look like. Some people are saying we can't even see the future. We don't know when the future is, so to speak. Today, I was talking to some people from the entertainment industry who are saying we can sort of reinvent ourselves online so much, but we're not sure when we're going to stand on a stage again. We're not sure if we're going to hear the applause from the audience. We're not sure if our creativity can be manifest. And I think that your message of you can charge your own battery even under difficult circumstances, is so important. So, yes, I would love to get to the how. Okay. Before we allow our guests to get to how, we need to talk about two more things. The one is why. Why is it that your energy has such a profound impact on everything that you do? And the very simple answer to that, and I'm not going to go into the complex answer, but the simple answer is that when your energy is high, the chemicals in your brain that are responsible for the thinking process are vitally alive. When your energy sags, the dopamine and the serotonin and all of those things just give up. And if I often ask groups that come to our programs and say, can you remember a double period at school? 
did you learn twice as much for the double hearing? And they all sigh and say, no. Well, the reason very simply was that as the period wore on, the energy dropped and the chemical process in the brain gave up and they started to react and emote and get cross and angry and sorry for themselves. So that's what happens. If your energy is low, your brain's not fully functional. So you don't drive well, you forget what to put into the recipe, <laughs> you forget people's names, you do all sorts of things that are just stupid. So that's the, the why. Now, the second question that flows from that is, where does energy come from? And energy can only come from one of three places, or rather can only come from relationships, because that's all there is on this planet. Everything is related to everything. And the dynamic of those relationships is where you get your energy. You find it in relationships. Now, the first one is the relationship between the real me, that's the unique, never to be repeated, thank goodness, <laughs> Colin, <laughs> with all his flaws and all his characteristics and all his ups and downs and funnynesses, and the ego column. Now, believe me, I have lived with an ego column a long time. And the ego column is the column that thinks he's Leonardo DiCaprio, <laughs> or the column that thinks he's 40 years old and irresistibly dishy, or the column that bluffs everybody that he's rich. There's a whole lot of columns in some people, and in me there were a lot of columns, and that's the ego. Now, what happens in that relationship, to be perfectly honest, is when I'm me, when I'm the authentic, real me, I create positive energy for myself and for the people around me. When I'm ego, it's doubtful. <laughs> so the bigger my ego is and the more I play in the ego field, the less energy I create and the more negative energy I create. So that's the first relationship. The second relationship is the relationship between me and others, between the real me and the real you, Dory. And one of the lovely things about our relationship is it's always been pretty real. I haven't had to show off in front of you and you haven't had to show off in front of me. We've seen each other as authentic Dory and Connor. If I came into this relationship, ego me, and you came in ego you, this interview would be a disaster. You and I would be fighting. And the third one is that we're all social animals and we need to belong to something. We need to belong to a church or a school or a family. And we get real energy out of a sense of belonging. So that's where it comes from. So now, now comes the formula. And that you've got to work on. What are the things that you like to do? What are the things that are really you, Dory? What are the things that you enjoy most? And then sometimes, I mean, as simple as what do you enjoy eating? What's your dream of your last dinner? For me, it's roast lamb and green peas. And I'll tell you what isn't. It's Brussels sprouts. So I know that Colin Hall doesn't thrive on Brussels sprouts and Colin Hall thrives on lamb and green peas. Now that's a silly little thing, but it's not so silly. Because when you think about a lamb and green pea dinner, it's a fabulous feeling. So you can constantly talk to the real me through the, the reality of what I am, what makes me special, what makes me different. So you've got simple tools that help you to do that. So that's a long answer to a short question. But now we've got to how. But before we got to how, we had to go through why and where. So what you've said is that there are a number of relationships. The first one is the relationship that you have with yourself. And yep. that is if the authentic self has to be the authentic self. Because if it's the ego-driven self, then it depletes your energy. 
And I think the reason for that is that you're spending so much energy on pretense and on defense, both pretense and defense, of not being allowed to be who you really are or saying to yourself in some way or another, who I am isn't good enough. The Colin that I see, I don't think is good enough. He needs to look like Tom Cruise or 40 years ago. I happen to like this Colin, actually. But you can imagine why that's the case, because of the energy that is utilized from the outside in, instead of the freedom of the expression and the building of the energy from the inside out. So it makes perfect sense to you. And then I think the other part, you know, that, that you've been saying is that to be able to get in touch and give yourself permission to indulge yourself in reality, and if not in reality, at least in fantasy, for part of it, allow yourself to kind of say, you know, uh, Colin, one of the questions that I always ask during this time with groups that I work with is I say, how can you be kinder to yourself? How do you get rid of all of the shoulds, the good, the bad, the right, the wrong, the must, the mustn't, the can, the cannot, the, you know, all of that, and say, what will fill me up? What do I need? What do I want? Some people aren't even in touch with that because they function so much from in, in terms of, of external and normative demands. So you're really saying get in touch with what you start recognizing as, in a sense, making you happy or as what you would say increasing your energy. So I guess my challenge, and you tell me that I challenge you, is how I want to hear the how or more of the how, but is that always possible? Like you might know what you want. You might know, let me use the example of those entertainers. What makes them happy is standing on the stage in front of an audience. Ultimately, they can't do that now. What do you do to help them keep their energy up if it's not indulging the what you really want? Well, I mean, there are two questions in that question. The first is, can you beat the reality of COVID? Okay, and some people are. I mean, the whole Grahamstown Festival was put online. Who would ever have believed that the Grahamstown Festival could be online and reach more people, by far more people, than it could have reached to the visitors in, the, in Grahamstown? And there's that story of the comedian who, I can't remember his name, Mark, whatever his name is. And he stood on a stage at the back. Mark? I think it was Mark Lottering did it. Yes, and he stood on the stage at the back uh, on his own with technical help and he spoke to 17,000, I can't remember, but anyway, at 70,000 rand a shot, he made a million rand. So he found a way of reaching people with his humour and financially rewarding. So we've had to find the same thing. We can't do face-to-face teaching. That's my dream. So I have to do it on a webinar. I have to do it on a, a Zoom or I have to do it in some way. And we're getting good at it. Is it increasing your energy? Is it working for you? There are negatives to it because I can't see your face, right? And when I see your face, I can get a reading about how your energy is going. I can see the smile widening and the dimples widening. Then if I see your face, it's easier. But I'm learning and Steve, my son, is much better at technology. And he says, Dad, we can do chat rooms and all sorts of things. So it's actually, to be honest, it's not an excuse to say, oh, my God, I'm finished. And the second thing is that you've then got to say to yourself, well, what is it in the teaching that gives me joy? And I must get that across with even more vigor. So I find different ways of doing it. 
So I know that the way that you teach this of how you recharge your batteries and keep them charged, you know, with a sustainable recharge. I mean, we're all probably going to have levels. It doesn't have to be completely depleted, you know, but the sustainability of it. And, and I know that when you talk about it, you use colors. You talk about red and blue. What is all that about? <laughs> when I was much younger, Stephen's daughter, Hannah, my granddaughter, was four. And she, I dreamt, stood at the bottom of my bed and asked me what I had done to make the world a happy place for her. It was four in the morning. I got up and I wrote a little book. It's called Peoples. And it's freely available to anybody who ever wants it on digital. Anyway, And very simply, it tells you the difference between behavior that is positive and behavior that is negative. Behavior that is positive gives you blue. Behavior that is negative gives you red. People that are positive give you blue. People who are positive give you red. So the language was very, very simple. And I've got two stories to tell you about that book. The first was when I read it to her. And I got to the last page. And I said to the last page says, Hannah, tell me, what have you done today that was blue? As quick as a wink, Dory, she said, I ate all my supper. Hmm. <laughs> and then she said, and then I took my plate to the kit to the scullery to be washed. And Betty was there. And I thanked Betty. And when I thanked Betty, I looked into Betty's eyes. Is that blue? I said, that is very blue. Then she said, and did you see my feet running through the grass when your car came through the gates? And how tight I squeezed you till you started to cry. I said, I remember that. She said, Papa, what have you done today that was blue? And Dory, I had to think. I had to think. Because what had happened in her life was that the simple difference between behaving in a way that creates positive energy and she we didn't call it that the book doesn't call it no. it just refers to color so in very simple terms i say that if you played a little more blue every day and a little less red you'd have more energy than you knew simple as that and it doesn't mean it doesn't mean only with your wife or your husband it means with the car guard it means with the security man it means with whoever do you play red or do you play blue so we try to make it simple. You do make it simple, but it also drives it home. And the other thing that you're driving home is that there may be much more blue than you recognize it, or more red. When you say that you had to think, I would guess that when you stopped and thought, you kind of ha recognized some of the blue behavior that you hadn't focused on. Yeah, you're not mindful of it. I mean, I came home on the N2 the other day. And a, there was a taxi, and he was going at a very respectable 100 kilometers an hour, which is way below the speed limit. On the back window, beautifully sign written, was the following, were the following words, I carry my customers with care. Does that mm. not make you smile? Absolutely. Is that not blue? Absolutely. So, Colin, you run these courses and you do it for corporate, and the aim, of course, is to help them see the relationship between energy and effectiveness instead of just jumping to the usual criteria of effectiveness. You change it to the underlying importance of raising your energy in order to be effective. You're able to explain scientifically why that is the case. You've told them that the, the two big how it happens, 
the authenticity part and the ego part. You've also told them about the relationship, the connection between you and your environment a lot and noticing the blue and recognizing it and using it to increase your energy as well as looking into yourself and saying what will make me funny enough we don't mean blue because we often see, say blue as low i'm feeling blue often means i'm feeling low and in your language blue means really up you know good the red is the down part but if you say what and i think that what you're saying is that part of the challenge i can give you an example and then i want would like you to kind of unpack the formula so that people can say, this is how I start and this is how I should be reliving my day to recharge and sustain the charge of these batteries. And I just want to tell you one thing is that I have noticed something that makes me feel incredibly blue and is definitely working in the way that you're saying that is new and that I didn't notice before. And it's the most simple thing. Do you know that I never noticed winter sun in Johannesburg before? The winter sun, of course, has always been here. I've lived in the same place for many years. I was always running around. If ever I went outside, it was because I was expecting to be entertaining somebody or, you know, getting ready for something or it was at night. The joy of having those minutes and creating that time in the middle of the day just quietly and feeling the sun and looking around and recognizing the beauty and hearing the sounds is new. It's new and it's blue. And it's having it's really having an incredible effect. So I think that what you say is slowing down and noticing and recognizing what makes you happy and trying to create more of that. So if you go through the how to unpack the how, when you're doing this training and you're dealing with the people and they say, okay, I get the concept. Please go into more of that kind of formula for us. How do we put it into practice in our daily lives? Okay, let's start. So the first thing we say is what you're looking for in terms of the relationship between the real you and the ego you or the ego I is balance. That's the word we use. Balance. Have a bit more of the things that you like and a bit fewer of the things that you don't. So take a big sheet of paper. And on one side, write down as fast as you can write them, as many as you can think of, all the things that when you just think of them, your energy goes up. And if you've got a blue pencil, write them in blue. <laughs> and they range from lamb and green peas to the winter sun in Johannesburg. Okay. They range from music to dancing to whatever you enjoy, to holidays and so on. And then on the other side, write the things that don't. The things that you don't like doing, like your tax form or having your computer fixed or whatever. And when you've written them down, what you've got for the first time is a story that you've told yourself that I like these things and I don't like these things. So I want more of the things I like and less of the things I don't. That doesn't mean you can shut everything down that's on the red side. You can't, of course, because we have to carry a certain amount of things that we don't enjoy. But Believe me, you start to look at things different. So one of the examples was I was in a small group and we decided that we didn't like crime. Now, I don't do much crime that I'm aware of, and we didn't as a group, but we decided that what we would do is we would actually, every time we saw an officer of the law, we would thank them. Dori, even since then, I think I've thanked a thousand policemen and women. 
And every time I thank them, their faces are a study because they don't get thanked. And how do I feel when I walk away and I thank the policeman and the policeman smile? Now, I'm not saying that that'll fix the crime in this country. That's not what I'm saying. What I'm saying is Colin Hall feels better. I really do. Every time I see a policeman. And so does the policeman. Yeah, of course. And then the policeman yeah. goes home and says, you know what? Some idiot came along and thanked me for what I did. <laughs> and so you find that there are a whole host of little things that you can do each day that are a little better than the little things that you didn't do and the little things that you did that you were read that you can get rid of. So that's one of the exercises that we do. And it helps enormously to find balance between what's bullshit, pardon my language, and what's real. But there's simple little games that people play that on our programs that make them suddenly realize, like you did, that the winter sun means something to me. And so I'm going to have some winter sun every time I can. And that will make a difference to your life. Believe me. Okay, so you, you cultivate, obviously, you cultivate more towards the blue side, less towards the red side. The awareness of it helps in and of itself. You recognize that you can't change everything, but yeah. you do become much more aware. And awareness is always the first step to change. The awareness just in and of itself is the very first step to change. And then you cultivate that. So that is one of the most important things on the journey. Are there others? Oh, yes. And, and I may need to stop for a minute and just tell you what happened. When we were shut down or locked down or whatever the word is, Steve, my son, and I, teachers with me, we decided after a sad week of feeling sorry for ourselves, <laughs> we decided that we would have to respond by turning all our material, all our ideas, all our blogs, everything into digital online. So we started to do that, and it was quite a challenge, but fun. And then what we decided to do was to give it away free. That's our gift hamper. That's our food parcel for a world that, as you said earlier, is really, really struggling. I don't think I've ever experienced the world with such flat batteries. And I can't reach them all, but we decided that whatever we had that was useful, we should make available free with love. So it's there. It's on the website. It's available. And all the techniques and the ideas and the, even a, a shortened version of our, one of our training programs is there with videos and digital. So. We're trying our best to help those people who say, oh, I can't, I can't pick myself up. And another quotation, which I think you'll like, if you didn't see Shawshank Redemption, Morgan Freeman is in a penitentiary for life. Yet every morning, because of the winter sun or whatever, he finds a way of making the day special. And then Tim Robbins gets sent to the same cell for murdering his wife, which he didn't do. And he can't, he cannot find any energy. And as much as Morgan Freeman bullies him, pesters him, encourages him, he doesn't. And then eventually Morgan Freeman's final words to him were precious. He said, so if you ain't busy living, you sure busy dying. Mm. Now that's the opposite side of if you ain't busy living, you sure busy dying. Now I've just had a most amazing experience. I found myself suffering from lymphoma, which is a form of malignant lymph cancer. And I decided that my best contribution to fixing that was to keep my battery charged, to keep my energy high. 
And I was determined that I wasn't going to let that thing pull me down and busy die. So I had the most amazing time. I was in remission after only four treatments and I'm fully cured. Why? I truly believe because I gave my white blood cells a chance. And I believe, Dolly, that when your energy is consistently low, when you're depressed, you are putting your body through a painful torture. And who knows what the outcome of that is. So we're not just sick emotionally. We're not just sick mentally. We're sick physically. And so I'm urgently trying to help people charge their batteries. You've given us some tools. Take an introspective look. Stop. Take stock. Re-examine my goals. If I, how do I want to spend my energy from now on? Like a self-audit. Almost like what you do an audit for a company. What turns me on? What is exciting? What do I enjoy? Be more mindful of even the little things. And on the other side, what don't? And the possibility of getting the kind of balance that you've been talking about between the two with intention, intentional focus on it. That part is really, really important. Is there anything else? Yes, I'll talk about another thing. And the second one is the relationship between the real me and the real you. Okay. Now, in very, very simple terms, we say the relationship between you and me depends on, A, how we greet. Now, whether that's the car guard or the security guard or your husband coming home from work, it's the same issue. How do you open the tap for energy to flow? If you don't greet me, you don't open the tap. And if you don't greet me warmly with a nice smile, doesn't open wide. So fundamental to all change in relationships is the way in which we greet and we're being inhibited now because we're not allowed to hug <laughs> but greeting is the most is the start more important than greeting is how we listen and most of us are rotten listeners and there's a evidence that says that being listened to is the closest thing to being loved that the human heart knows being truly listened to not interrupting not judging not exclaiming or anything just listening if we listen to each other better and every time we have a program we make people sit in pairs and listen to each other uninterrupted for 15 to 20 minutes not a word of interruption from one to the other and then we change sides they are in tears at what is the impact of really really listening and then the third one is sharing it's the authenticity with which you share when it's your turn to be listened to so in fundamental terms, it's about building trust. And building trust is not about fancy games and things. It's about just listening and sharing. So that's the second one. They're really important concepts because a lot of people listen to respond, Colin. Yes. They listen and they're working out what their response is going to be. Sometimes they become an echo chamber because their response is going to be, my situation is worse than yours. Let me tell you what happened to me. So they're not fully present in the moment with their senses absolutely receptive to the other person. We rather talk about listening to understand instead of listening to respond. Listening to get it, get it, in inverted commas. Get what the person is trying to say so that your impression as the receiver is at least the same as the person's expression. As, as the sender, and that's got to be on an emotional level. So you don't only hear, though, you listen with your heart, 
not only your ears, to what the person is expressing to you emotionally as well. And then the other part of that, which you alluded to, you just sit and listen for that amount of time. And sometimes, you know, to supplement that is, this is what I heard, and affirm the person's emotion by you responding to it. In a way, you can't have empathic listening and shame at the same time. If someone feels heard, they can't feel shame because you are validating who they are. The shame is, I'm not good enough, I'm not rich enough, I'm not beautiful enough, I'm not clever enough, I'm not whatever it is. If you really knew the real me, you probably wouldn't even be talking to me now. And that listening really puts a line to it. So I'm with you, very understanding what you're saying, you know, very, very much with the listening. And then you said something else after the listening was the openness with which I share. Yeah. yeah. And yeah. we used to, of course, always think that that openness and vulnerability was weakness. Yeah. You don't share your emotions. Is that right? Am I understanding correctly? It's the transparency and openness that serves for the connection that you want that is going to help charge your batteries. That enables energy to flow. Yeah. Yeah. And it's positive energy. Whereas if, if, you, if you listen to interrupt, it's your ego that interrupts nine times out of ten. Oh, yes, I've done that too. And I was saddened. I saw a friend of mine, she mentioned the fact that she'd lost her, her first and only baby recently in, in, in pregnancy. And some of the responses on Facebook were the typical response. Well, I also lost a baby, or I lost two babies, or I lost this, or I lost that. And, you know, and why do you do that? Because the ego says, I must say, I've got a bigger problem than you've got. There were a number of responses that were not about listening and about caring. They were about, I've done better than you. Colin, do you not think, just to play, ask you with all of this that you've been doing, devil's advocate for a minute, do you not think that sometimes, maybe misguided, but the intention of people who respond like that is wanting to connect and say, look, I've also been through it and I'm okay. Might be, but the intention is look. No, I think sometimes it is. But you have to ask yourself what was the point of the question and when did the question come? You know. Yeah. So you're saying just to say that is devastating for you. You are really going through a tough time. Tell me how you feel. Yeah. That's all. So you've given us lots and lots of ideas about self awareness, differentiating, more of the good being authentic, listening carefully. And I think those are amazing for us to take away with us now. Would you say that those, if you practice those things, you're going to charge up your batteries and keep them charged and open up the tap for other people as well? As soon as you're conscious of the fact that you can do it, <laughs> that you can bring about a difference to each day, that you can find ways to make the now just joyful. As soon as you find that, as soon as you're conscious of that, and you use some simple techniques, you become much, much more able to charge your battery. Just reading the sign on the back of the taxi, or just reading a little book, or just stopping and talking to somebody that you would not normally talk to, changes the day. And when the day starts to change, 
then the day ends up better and then tomorrow it starts again better and it, the magic of it is it's infectious so if my energy is high i charge people up that are around me and they charge me well colin you certainly do it's fascinating and contagious i'm kind of thinking okay i'm going to go out of here and see how i can put this in i want to put this into practice you know i want to put this into practice now and i think we can all find easily find ways of doing it and just see the difference so i think that you've given us enormous not only food for thought but wisdom and strategies and skills to influence our lives positively and influence the lives of those around us very valuable thank you very very much for your time and for we will certainly put your website or where people can get that information from or the information that you're giving away for free we will ensure that it's on the jackpot website and on the platform so people can be in touch with you and get the information from you i would love that i would love that <laughs> thank you very much thank you so much dori it's been a joy bye for now bye bye i'm dorian wheel Thanks for listening to Thrive with Dr. D, a Jackpot podcast.